Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents Uh-oh. Sports Talk Saturday. Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. On WGR. Oh, yeah! Sports Radio 550. Welcome into Sports Talk Saturday here on this beautiful dreary Saturday morning. We've got great things coming for you guys today. Everybody out there. Uh, first, my name is TJ Luckman. I'm here with Frank Arcuri. Woo. Evan DePasquale is our producer today. And we Yo. have a very exciting day planned for you. We've got four hours of Sports Talk Saturday. First, you'll have me, uh, Frank and I. And then we will have Derek. Who's that? Who else is coming on Derek? And is it still you? No, no, no. I think Derek. Derek's either by himself or Kyle's coming in with him. Okay, so Derek, maybe Kyle, Powell, and then of course we'll have our usual Bills game day festivities yep. uh, kicking off at three o'clock, uh, leading you up to the kickoff at eight o'clock for the Bills versus the Chargers in L.A. So we also have Sabers action tonight. That'll be over on our sister station WBEN News Radio nine thirty. Uh, the Sabres take on the Rangers. We'll have a little bit of that for you as well. We have some guests for you today. We'll have Anthony from Expected Buffalo uh, giving you sort of an analytical look into the team so far this year and what the Sabres have been doing so far and what how they've gotten to where they are. And then in the 12 o'clock hour, we'll move over to really starting to preview the Bills for you. We'll have Elena Getzenberg from ESPN on to take us through that, uh, through a preview of that. Anyway, Frank, how are you? I feel a little better after what happened Tuesday, considering we, we you were at you were at the, the 9-3 win. I was at the 9-3 win. I was not at the 9-4 loss. I do... Remember talking to you and the guys in our group text after mm-hmm. the game and joking that you were going to have a stack of papers to bring of <laughs> grievances to air on today, Festivus, 1223. Happy Festivus, Happy everybody. Festivus. Got a lot of problems with you people, yada, yada. Anywho, <laughs> uh, Sabres. We're going to start with Sabres because there's plenty of time to go through bills uh, for the rest of the day. Sabres are... In a part of the season where you're really not sure where it's going to go, um, 
especially at that ni- after that nine to four loss on Tuesday. A lot of things being said. Kyle Poso, you know, saying the thing about the you know twelve years of frustrations from the fans. He's been giving some interesting quotes lately. I don't want to. Well, so uh, obviously there was the Montreal game, and Rob and Eric Robinson gets taken out. No, he hits um, from behind. Yep, he hit. I yeah, he that. hits from behind. Uh, who was it? I think it was Caden Gooley. He hit from behind. Um, it was either him or one of the other young defensemen. He gets kicked out of the game. A post game says, you know, Evander Kane does the same thing, but only gets a penalty. Only gets a, okay. a major penalty. I remember what you're yeah. talking about. So he, you know, he's kind of calling out the refs for their inconsistency. And then yeah, he's they just in quotes after the. Nine after the nine four loss to Columbus, yeah. and then even even uh, what he was saying on uh, Thursday as well. Um, you know, he's been giving some interesting quotes lately. I I want I want to say that, and and this is even the team overall as a whole as a whole. Um, this is probably where like kind of my grievances start to come in. They know that. They shouldn't be playing the style that they have been the first, we're what? We're 34, 34 games into, games the, into the right. season. We're almost halfway through. And they have 31 points in the standings. They know that they are better than what, they, than what their record says. Yes, But they also know, now they know apparently, and at least now the coaching staff knows... And probably and management too, that they should be playing that stylistically, they should be playing the same way they were last season. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. Especially getting to where they got to that in the point of the season that they are, I thought that's something that they should have realized maybe ten or fifteen games ago. Yeah, the fact that uh, they did realize it, and they are making the change. I do appreciate. I feel like a lot of coaches will be stubborn and they'll stick with it, um, you know, just to make sure that guys learn it. And I think there's a time and place where, yes, the Sabers definitely had to improve defensively. Um, oh yeah, but, but I think moving to a moving to a different system to start the year and, and kind of building from the back. Uh, when really that wasn't their their strength to begin with, I feel like there's something to be had from having a more offensive system and learning more defensive principles within that system rather mm-hmm. than changing it all together to fit something more for your team uh, that you thought you needed. Um, but when, especially when you think about bringing mostly the same team back, you really only have your forward group is basically exactly the same. The defensemen... You brought in two guys who, frankly, have not fit the bill so far. Uh, you have a top four who's had some good games, had some bad games, but mm-hmm. mostly you have that identified at this point. They so, have their whole core identified. 100%. You know, they have all the guys that they want signed long term. These, This is the team. This is mostly the team you're going to see moving forward, right? Yeah. So you have to either A, figure it out within that framework, B, figure out who... You know, you want to bring in to to change that. There's a lot of hindsight in this, right? You can we can all go back and say the Sabers should have changed the forward group up. They should have made a trade. 
injected something different into this lineup. That didn't happen. The goaltending didn't really change. You get Devin Levi, who's been back and forth between Rochester and Buffalo once, of course. But uh, And after his Rochester stint, gave you a good stretch of play, but is really back to more of that normal rookie goaltender self of just like, you're going to get your highs, you're going to get your lows. So, I don't know. The It's frustrating knowing that they had that in them that they have that style of play in them and they really only did it you've really only seen it a couple times this year right it's, it's very much a break glass in case of emergency situation the pit the pittsburgh game in the third period they kind of went all out there mm-hmm. we we're able to get back into that one and of course like the toronto game is the one that's fresh on our minds of just especially since the coach even said we've been discussing going back to what we did last year listen a lot of people are saying maybe I've seen on online here, you know, maybe he should have come to that, you know, it sooner. I've seen I mean, people sounds... say that it's embarrassing that it took him this long. I mean, I'm not going to say it's embarrassing no. that it took him this long. It... The fact that he even set acknowledged as much, I I don't think coaches get put enough blame on themselves enough. And I appreciated that Don at least said in public, like we've discussed going back to that because that's what worked. So I'll give him that frustrating that it took so long. But if this is what we're going to see moving forward, that's great. But like you said, they're 31, they have 31 points. They're 34 games in. They have, let's see, how many games in hand on the first wildcard team or the second wildcard team? So Carolina's played 33 games. They have 38 points. They're the second wildcard spot. Mm-hmm. Sabres are at 31. They're seven points behind. I mean – I'm not going to sit here and say it's insurmountable. It's happened before, but it's happened very sparingly. You've got a lot of teams that you've got to jump. You have a lot of ground to make up against a lot of teams that have played less games than you and have an opportunity to earn more points and have all have taken advantage of it. All of the the teams ahead of them have points percentages in the 500s. Mm -hmm. So Sabres are the one that break that winning uh, the points percentage with .456 followed by Columbus, who knocked your doors off on Tuesday, and then Ottawa, who, I mean, I don't know what, what we even say about Ottawa. Ottawa is in no man's land. They fired their GM. They fired their coach. Jacques Martin is back head coaching for the Ottawa Senators. It is 1999 again. <laughs> what is going on? I mean, anybody who didn't see that coming, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, second I, the second I saw Jacques Martin was – joining the staff i'm I'm like cool so dj smith's gonna be fired soon <laughs> that was pretty that was pretty easy to read but yes. but of course I, yeah but it's i feel you know i feel like that this organization changing the style that they play changing their approach trying to be trying to force the players to to be better defensively to me, that's that feels like it's coaching malpractice. Now, I'm not gonna say Granado's a bad coach. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going off on any of that because now, because obviously, if he said like they, if he's saying they they were discussing going back to what they did last year, that means that they have been thinking about this for a while. This isn't just oh, we thought about this yesterday. You know, they they must have been thinking about this for a while, but. It's not. It it is. To me, it is coaching malpractice when you take what has been successful for the players that you have and then 
doing something completely different and not continuing to play to their strengths. Defense in hockey is not something that you can just flip a switch on overnight. It takes time. You've so trying to for trying to play a more defensive system, trying to effectively play like the New York Islanders. Like that's what that's what they were trying to do. Which they I, don't yeah. have the personnel for that. Right. And they're not old enough. This the core of this team isn't old enough to be able to do that. The Islanders have a bunch of old old people on their team or at least they don't have a lot they don't have younger a, a young team. They have they have an older team. So they are able to play bet more defensive hockey and be good at it because these guys that they have have been in the league for years. Yeah. I don't even know if it comes to age. I think just some guys are are better geared and toward y- it than and others. And yeah, it's a style thing too. Some guys are just better defensively than others. Right. You've got a bunch of players on this team that are really good on the rush, that are really good in cycling, that are really good just offensively minded players. And that's forwards and defensemen. And you're trying to just get them to be better defensively when you've got to let it come naturally. Yeah, right, I know it, it. It takes time. Like, and that's the thing. Maybe it's maybe it's because they're tr- they don't want to wait for this for the better defensive defensive mindedness to come. That's that's okay. But defense takes time. Not all defensemen when they come into the league are great defensively immediately. Yeah. Not some of them do take time. We've we've seen Rasmus Dahlin himself be really bad in his own end, and start to gradually get better. Yeah. He's in his, what, sixth year now? Yep. And he's starting to get it? Yeah, that's probably because it usually takes a few years for you to get that. We're going to be dealing with that with Owen Power, too. He's only yeah. in his second full season. You, you sort of you sort of already seen it, and you've seen a lot of comments about it, you know. But, you know, those are things that you sort of have to just go through the growing pains of. Yeah. And, and watching it all play out. And and the guy's 19. He's already done better than most 19-year-old defensemen, 20-year-old defensemen in the league, anyway. Yeah. I mean, he was almost a, you know, a Calder Trophy winner. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, guys are going to go through their growing pains. They're going to learn. He. I just... think you're absolutely right. Then the you know the the system things, you know, what have you. Again, 34 games in, and you're just kind of realizing you're. This is the better he system to go. Power just turned 21. Yeah, so he's it's going to be another couple of years before he really starts to get it defensively. So yeah, let them continue to just play free willing hockey yeah. until then. Let's go to the phones here. We've got uh, first of all, give us a call. We are eight zero three zero five fifty. Um, let's go to the phones here. We've got Rich in Lakeview. Rich, what do you want to say? Hey. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks for taking yeah. my call. Happy holidays. Uh, so I've been stewing, regardless of the uh, Leafs turnaround, 9-3. to three, mm-hmm. When Ocposo gets, and, and I, you know, I'll give him credit. Unlike some of the members of the Bills or these uh, the kids on the Sabres, he gets out there as a force shield. But when he says, well, not all the 12 years is on us, it absolutely is. Every time you pull on the jersey, all right, every time you get out there, you're Buffalo Sabre. You know, I'm old enough. I remember the first Sabre game watching it 2-1, to one, beating Pittsburgh, all right? So this is the legacy. They can't just throw on a retro jersey. Actually, most nights they should be wearing the turd burger. If that's <laughs> like that. 
But, uh, you know, some of these guys who have done nothing, who use, you know, who we can use youth as an excuse, have been made multi-million dollar athletes for achieving nothing than making the league. They're not new at this. Their whole lives have been dedicated to get to this level. And when in a town like this, you know, my dad was a steel plant, watch bucket, blue collar guy. And I know that's a trope. I know that's a cliche. But in this economy, whatever it might be, I'm hearing grievances. I didn't think I'd, I'd go festive. Today's the day to do that. Today's go the day to do it. Yep. Go for it. All right. <laughs> but when I'd say two thirds of the average person spends for a family more than they make in a week for one night to watch these guys play, you don't get nights off. You <clears throat> maybe you got to grow up a little faster. You have to. Uh, play a little harder. You can't sulk. Worrying about the system. Worrying about the system, guys. There's organizations that have bottomed out, become playoff teams, bottom, becoming playoff teams again, in the cycle that this team has. Players leave, reach height, doing whatever. It, I'm truthfully, I'm glad I'm only going to watch about a half hour of this game and flip back and forth. Uh, because of the Bills game, because I truly expect the Rangers to walk all over them tonight. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, I I mean, honestly, you hit on pretty much everything I've been thinking since Tuesday. In fact, you know, oppose on the exact quote on that, by the way, uh, after he's asked about the booze, that's 12 years for them for sure. Not all of that's on us. That's a lot of frustration, and it's understandable. As a group, we bear some of that. Uh, that's the end of the quote. And I got to say, Rich, I completely agree on, no, the 12 years, it's on everybody. It's not just on Akposo. It's not on just the guys who were playing at the time. At some point, and this is what I said on Tuesday, someone in the organization has to own that those 12 years exist, and they're the ones who have to understand they're accountable for all of them as much as they are the future of the team. Mm-hmm. You don't get to pick and choose which year. Once once you're here, you're here. You, those are all your years, too. They're collectively all of our years, right? As fans, as the organization, as everybody who's all experienced it. I'm not going to go overboard. I know you've said that Akposo's made some interesting quotes. Um, personally, the one you said about Robinson, him saying that the, I, I agree, with, out him. The I agree yeah. with him in saying that there's no consistency there. I did not agree with him saying, putting that 12 years on only some of us. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't think he meant to deflect blame on it. But also that's just uh, you have a nine to four game. You hear the booze. You're probably tired of hearing them. I think it's a frustration. I get it. It's definitely frustration on on both ends, on the fans end, on his end. So I 100% agree that, like, they have to own that. They have to own that that drought is their drought as much as the other players' drought who played before them. Mm-hmm. Same so, thing with coaches, same thing with GMs. All right, we got uh, another caller here. We've got Ray and Clarence. Let me get the uh, mouse over here. Ray, go ahead. 
Good morning. Well, yeah, Kyle's been here eight years, and his Islander counterpart Molson was here for I think four. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was an, that was another thing. It's like you're not even you. You've, it's not like you've only been here a, a year or two. It's like you've been here a good portion one, of that. One twenty second of a of a team, but mm-hmm. you know the reason I wanted to call, even besides this week for a month, I've been thinking if you're not going to fire coach, which I, I'm still whole. I, I like Granado. I, I think they've developed well. It, it's been time to make a trade. You know, we have a lot of youth, a lot of depth in the organization. You know, we, you never know how it's going to turn out, but sell that hope to another team for someone, yep. for another score. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, you know, I know Olafson, like, if we wouldn't want him, why would somebody else want him? But we have players and youth that we can ship out. You know, if it means having to trade a, a middle set, I get it. You have to trade something good to get something great in return. Um, that's why Tim Murray, whether you like the trades he made or not, we had so many people in this organization, Paul Hamilton mentioned, that you can only have so many. So he had excess of youth and depth on the roster to trade. That's why we were able to get Evander Kane. We were able to get, you know, Robin Regeer, and I I forget who else. But we were able to get get those guys. And, you know, finally, and and I sincerely ask this, I don't know, how did we not end up with Patrick Kane? You know, at two and a half million dollars, up to Andy to four. Now, maybe he didn't want to come, and, and I sincerely ask, I don't know why, how we got outbid. You know, isn't that worth the risk coming off his injury at four million? So you, he signed for two and a half. I would think that's a greater risk than signing Gergensen's for two and a half. You know, I mean, yeah. you're going to get more. Mm-hmm. Even if not, it electrifies the crowd. It electrifies the, the players that grew up watching him that want to right. play for a guy that will, don't want to let him down? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't So I just wondering if you could fill me in on why or how we didn't end up getting him, if, if there was a conclusive answer. I, I've, got some, I've got something on that. Um, I just think it's as simple as he just chose Detroit. He, yep. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were found if we found out that the Sabers offered him a two year deal, maybe around the same money, maybe a little bit less, but you know, obviously a little bit more term than what he got with Detroit. But if he just chose Detroit, then there's nothing else you can really do about that. Um, he wanted to play with Alex Tabrinkit. That was one of his. That was his reason for choosing the Red Wings. He. It was, you know, I don't know how much of it was he thinks Detroit's a better team and he thinks that being on them allows, you know, think he can make the playoffs. Sure. Oh, I, but mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's working now. Have you seen Detroit's record since Kane got into the lineup? I think they won the first game and then no. they lost their next four. They're one and they're one and seven. They lost Dang. their first three games with they, them. They won last night though, right? No, I don't think they did. I think, I think they... I think they won last night. Columbus came back, and then they ended up winning in a oh, shootout. They, oh, they did win. Yeah, they did um, win in a shootout. Yeah, 7-6. That's their second win with yeah. Kane in the lineup. You know, looking at the standings, and <clears throat> I know Kane didn't sign immediately to start the year, so I think it's with him, it's just kind of waiting for things to play out. I feel like he was definitely on Buffalo's radar. There's oh, no doubt he, There's no doubt he wasn't. Uh, every hockey reporter kind of had that. Um, I think, what was it, Florida, Toronto, Detroit were all in on that. Um, it was... So I think he definitely waited things out in terms of seeing where I think I think he considered the Sabers. Just obviously he's considering his hometown team, and I think he's waiting. Mm-hmm. He was waiting for maybe them to pull up in the standings or something. But they sort of just I kind think of have been too... where they have been all year. And I th- th- at the time Detroit was kind of 
moving. They were they were like right there in that wild card spot. They're still they're still two points out of it. Um, so just looking at it from the basis of team standpoint of wanting to make the playoffs or make a push uh, in his eyes at that time when he signed Detroit's the move, you know? I think too, you also have to look at where he plays in the lineup. Yeah. That's, I think the biggest thing where you could say right now, if Kane was on the Sabres, Oh, he's playing in Olafson spot on the fourth line. Do you think Kane wants that? Yeah, it doesn't serve him at all. Exactly. I think Kane, also chose Detroit because they made a spot for him available yep. in the middle six of their lineup, preferably like their second line, like I said, with Alex Dabrinkit. And also, I mean, considering the ti- timelines and everything, uh, if nobody gets injured uh, and Kane comes here, the reason you're getting him is for a is somebody to fill in for until Jack Quinn comes back. Yeah. And now everybody's back. Now he's so back. So it's like now you run into the problem of, yeah, now he's taking Victor Olofsson's spot on the fourth which line. Would, who, which, would by the way, is Victor fine. Olofsson has not been bad this year. Hasn't been terrible. I'm no. going gonna, gonna to give him that. Yeah. Let's, uh, it's almost 1130. I'm late for the break, so let's go to break here. It's Sports Talk Saturday. We're going to have Anthony from Expected Buffalo on the other side here of this break. Uh, he's Frank. I'm TJ. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Throws it behind the net. Paterka's got Quinn in front. Holds it. Quinn scores! Welcome back to Mighty Quinn! Reunited that line, and it feels so good right now because Buffalo's up 7-3 on the lease with 8.52 to go on the third. Yeah, Jack Quinn's back. Scored the other night in uh, Buffalo against Toronto. Good to have him back. I want to see them really move forward with him. And hopefully, you know, with Don saying that they want to commit more to an offensive style, maybe that's what we'll see. Is that too little, too late? Who knows? Welcome back here, Sports Talk Saturday. TJ Luckman here, joined by Frank Arcuri. And 
Evan DePasquale is our producer today. Joining me on, joining us on the West Her Hotline, we have <laughs> Anthony from Expected Buffalo. Anthony, my friend, hold on. There we go. Anthony, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Uh, I can't complain. We're okay. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> we, had a, we had a roller coaster week with the Sabres, if anything. Every week is a roller coaster week with them. Don't we know it? <laughs> How are you doing, by by the way? I I as I was to say, I listened to the latest uh, podcast with you and Chad, and man, it was uh, it was it was quite a ride. Yeah, you know we're doing good. It, it's you know it just feels like deja vu a little bit, right? It, it feels almost akin to a Bilesma era team where they're they're just okay, and you know they they've kind of lost their identity but like you just said a minute ago Don Granado's thinking about hey maybe we bring back the thing that worked pretty well last year so I guess we'll see but yeah we're, we're hanging in there good good I'm glad you mentioned the the Bilesma thing because like that's exactly what I've been thinking with that uh especially all the way down to the the large stretch passes that were almost uh yes just just the mm-hmm. biggest part of the Dan Bilesma system so I, in seeing that that's all I've been thinking about so I'm glad you brought that up uh, but let's discuss what Don talked about on uh, Thursday after the big 9-3 win. He did say that they have been discussing moving back to that offensive system. And, man, I got to say, you're only discussing it now? You're, dis- you're discussing it? We're not just going back into it? Do we think that that's what they're going to do, though? It feels like it's time that they're going to just throw themselves back into that system, especially at the Toronto game. Is that what they're going to do? Well, I hope so. I mean, right. I, I I tweeted it a couple of days ago when when he when he said that I was like that that was a discussion for game fifteen, not game thirty five. Right. This, this hasn't been working all year. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think they'll get back to it? Yeah, I I really hope so. It, it'd be great. Uh, it, it was at least a heck of a lot more entertaining. Uh, the problem you have now is it, it you you may be too late uh, unless you string together a, a really impressive win streak here and get yourself back into the mix. Because if you look at the standings, I mean. If there was a year to break through the Atlantic Division, this is it. But also in saying that, the Metropolitan is a complete and utter buzzsaw of great teams. I mean, Philly coming out of nowhere. New York looks good. Um, the Islanders, I mean. And then uh, Washington, <laughs> everyone had them pegged to, to regress. And they're, what, 17-9 to nine or something? So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Metro is a complete buzzsaw. The Atlantic is, is very mortal, but... You're, you've kind of set yourself back here a little bit. I mean, I think you're seven points out of that third-place position in the Metro right now, and you've got more games played. So it's not a great spot to be in. You still have, what, a little more than half the year left. So is it impossible to get back? No. Uh, if they if they really hit their stride here and, and regain their identity, string some wins together, who knows? And, you know, it, the, the craziest thing is <laughs> their most impressive victories have come against the best teams in the NHL. And, Isn't that something? You know, I, said it, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. They're, they're going to have, you know, if you compare standing points to strength of victory, they're going to have the largest disparity in league history because they're only beating elite teams and then getting pumped to, by, the, by the Columbus Blue Jackets of the world. Yeah, that's that's always tough, especially you know when you when you can allow the team that's sitting behind you in the standings to come in and blow your doors off. You have to do it. Um, this team has been obviously frustrating to watch this year. You know, from a stylistic standpoint, uh, once again they're really 
They're in the bottom in team save percentage, 89.47 at 5v5. Their team shooting percentage isn't even that bad this year. I think that's what's so frustrating about not being more offensive. It's like you're you're not good in that area, and I don't think you have the type of players to uh, really go with the system that they wanted to go to that gets teams uh, deeper into the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe let's work on making the playoffs first. And to me, sticking with what you were in, sticking with what you were in, which almost got you there last year, is the move. Um, So I don't know if that's what they're thinking, but I think in order to move forward, they have to do that. Um, Anyway, sorry, Anthony. I want to get get more questions to you. No, Um, no. With the with the so with the goaltending, obviously Kevin Adams didn't make any changes to that uh, during the year, other than hoping that Devin Levi would provide a spark to the group. Uh, Mm -hmm. But really, nobody's grabbed uh grabbed the reins and taken over and i don't think i expected anybody to at this point i think we wanted them to did you expect anybody to take the reins with how it was going this year i didn't expect a specific goalie i didn't have a horse picked right i thought somebody would maybe uh hopefully maybe that was more optimism than or you know or or, or, you know fan fan wishful thinking uh but i was hoping so and that you're right, that hasn't happened. I mean, overall, the Sabres have had basically flatline average goaltending, you know, compared to the rest of the league. So I, I can't be too upset. I am. It's a little, a little concerning because it, it was a lot. It was a bit better than that, and it's regressed a little bit since. Um, you, you, you had a couple really tough performances um, from Comrie, and then, then UPL fizzled out after a really hot start. Then, you know, Levi goes to the NHL, picks it right back up when he gets called back to the Sabres, and then he kind of went down again. So uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, the lack of consistency is, is palpable. And, you know, I thought UPL for a minute there might have had a stranglehold on it, but he he's turned back into a pumpkin a little bit here. So, uh, you know, he's, he's right around, I think he's half a goal saved above expected on the year, which is as average as you can be. So, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, I don't think goaltending is, is – one of their top three issues right now, frankly, uh, I think we've, we've alluded to it in the beginning, you know, scoring goals is their biggest problem. And right. hopefully the floodgates opening like that against your arch rival uh, ignites something in them because they, they're just not scoring. That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And I think the it's, biggest thing with that is like, they weren't shooting that all their, if you look at the things that have been coming out about them on rush chances, the thing that they were really good at last year, they're last in the league on, uh, both rush chances allowed and rush chances for pretty much. Um, I don't have that in front of me, but I know they're towards the bottom of the league. And those are both categories where they were pretty, they were near the top of the league in last year. Um, and I think that speaks to Don's system and everything and what he's been asking them to do. So, you know, and especially looking at, I brought up the shooting percentage, the team shooting percentage um, for this year, it's eighth in the league, 5v5. So it's like you have that talent, you have the shooting talent. They need to go and, you know, just, again, put the puck in the net. I think one area where they struggle from that is, weirdly, this year from the back end, which is what I thought was a strength last year. Um, It has, you know, the scoring hasn't come as much from the back end as it has. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if the Sabres signings for their fifth and sixth defenseman spots, those have not panned out. Uh, is there anything they can do to really kind of smooth that over uh, to kind of mitigate what's going on there, especially with them? Pl- they should be playing Ryan Johnson every game. They're not. 
Um, besides playing him in more games, what is something they can do to to move that forward? Well, all right. So you, you said a lot of stuff. Though. Let me see if I can get it all. All right. So, so on the defensive side, we'll we'll start with that. Uh, it, it's really down to to count defensive pairings, right? And Don Granado has this comfort blanket of putting Rasmus Dahlin and Matias Samuelson together. Mm-hmm. I think the eyeball test and analytics can agree on the point that they have not been a very good top pairing this year. They really weren't last year, but that was masked a lot of ways by the fact that Darlene was having a Norris caliber season. I mean, he was magnificent, incredible, and his scoring prowess kind of overshadowed that they, they really were losing a lot of these expected goal shares game by game. If you look, though, uh, Ryan Johnson and Owen Power and even Samuelson and Power too, when in limited duty together have been much better. And so he, he does it once in a while. He'll break up that top pairing, and it's it, it, it's good results. It gives you good results almost every time. But then he goes right back to it. If they lose a game, he goes right back to that comfort blanket, and I don't exactly understand why. Uh, as far as the third pairing goes, look, NHL third pairings are, are they're witchcraft a little bit, not quite to the extent goalies are, but but it's tough. You, you know, the, you have guys like Connor Clifton who was fantastic in the Bruins system, and it just hasn't been a translation to the Sabre system. Granted, the Sabres have kind of thrown a grenade at their system, as we've talked about, you know, yeah. going into this year. So uh, I, I almost feel like he would have fared better in a more open scheme like, like we did, like we saw last year, and hopefully they get back to this season. Um, as far as the shooting component goes that you were talking about, there's one player on the team who is converting shots and at a higher rate than last year and taking more shots than last year. Do you know who it is? I'm very curious about this. It, it's J.J. Paterka. Yeah, yes. I should have guessed Yeah, that, that's, that, that, that doesn't surprise that, me. That, well, that, that's great in a vacuum because yep. you want that for Paterka, and he's growing, and oh my gosh, he looks fantastic. He's arguably been their best forward this year. Mm-hmm. But that's a problem for the rest of the team because that was your bread and butter, man. You shot a lot of shots, and you converted them at a high rate, and bang, you were scoring four, five, six goals a night, and it was great. You were the third highest scoring team in the NHL, and it was wonderful. We all high-fived and Missed the playoffs by one point. Cool. That was way more fun than what we're seeing now. It almost feels like they tried to become a hybrid of what they were last year and also the teams that most routinely beat them last year. Those are your your Hurricanes, your Islanders, those kind of those teams that, that congest and, and uh, turn the neutral zone into a mud pit, right? Mm-hmm. They, they squash transition. So the problem is they're not. it's not a mutually exclusive thing, but I think they overcorrected to a really high degree, and they built this team to do what they did last season. This team is not built to play a trap game, a dump-and-chase game. Certain lines are, like the Middlestack, Greenway, and Benson line. Yeah, they could jump and chase all day because they're all good puck battlers. They all have a high recovery rate. Like that, That's a thing you can do with that line. So if you want diversity, maybe you split it by line by line, right? Like, hey, you guys, I want you dumping, chasing, battling along the boards, beating down, you know, wearing out the opposing defense where you get Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka out there, it's like, I want you guys flying offensively, full transition, go, go, go. So I don't know if it's maybe just a little more nuance required in, in how they approach each opponent or how they deploy each line, but uh, they've lost their identity, as we've said uh, a bunch of times. So if they go back to it, and look, you know, the Clifton, Eric Johnson, and, and, and Greenway acquisitions were all – they, they all had a, a trend, right? They're all good puck recovery players. So the Sabres clearly felt that last year they did not win enough puck battles. True story. 
not incorrect. However, you tried to correct that with a handful of, of depth moves, maybe not exactly what you needed. You probably needed something a little more high profile than that. But then you changed your system as though you added a dozen of those types of guys, not three of them. Mm-hmm. So, again, it, just, it hasn't worked out the way they saw it working out, and, and we'll, we'll see how it, how it uh, all shakes down this, these last 50 games or so. Now that the forward core seems to be pretty healthy, um, do you foresee them maybe even trading a guy out at some point? I mean, Gergensen's is still out. He's going to be out for who, know, who knows how long. But once mm-hmm. he's back... They're gonna have to move a move a guy out because um, you. I I think you're, you're gonna want to keep the top nine the same, and mm-hmm. then the fourth line. I mean, Apostle Apostle Krebs. You're probably gonna want mainstays there, and then you've got an incoming Gergensons, Robinson, Jost, and Olafson. So someone's got to go, if not two people. Yeah, yeah. So I think what will ultimately happen. If and by the way, that assumes that no other injuries occur. Right, right. From from now to then, right. And and we know that that's maybe wishful thinking, but let's assume they, they get fully healthy. I think you would see, and only because of, of how he's been used and, and you know trends in his gameplay, I quite like him, but I think the odd man out uh, at forward would be Tyson Jost, I think, given, given kind of how Granado has used him or not used him. Uh, he seems to be the default scratch when there's too many forwards. Olsen's been scratched a couple times too. and uh, But, yeah, I, th- I feel like it'll be him. And then they got to make a decision on which of their goalies to, 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 to send out because it's not working. I'm pretty sure it would be Eric Comrie. That's the logical decision. Mm-hmm. UPL and, and yeah. Levi are both obviously more valuable assets. So if you're going to risk losing somebody for nothing, it's probably going to be Comrie. Right. Though you could say that, hey, look, next five games or so, right, they, they don't do so well. and all right, the, the season's not going anywhere. Maybe we send Devin Levi down to play meaningful games in Rochester, keep his development going, and, and we just slog it out for the rest of the year with – Comrie and Lukanen, possible, uh, but I don't know how ready they are to uh, to punt on this season yet. So yeah. I guess we'll see. But I, I think a goalie has to go down. That that's inevitable. And uh, yeah, you're right. One of the forwards is, is probably going to have to go too. And that looks like Joe's to me. And unless they can find a taker for Olsen on the trade market, which um, from what I understand, they've been trying that for about 18 months, and <laughs> to very little avail. He makes a lot of yeah. money and doesn't score like he used to. So well. No, he does not. Uh, he's been better as of late, I feel. But yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely will help his trade value. Maybe at the deadline time, but not probably not maybe. now. Uh, yeah, if and, they retain on him, it's possible. But yeah. a lot of teams, man, they're right up against the cap, especially that's true. contenders. Even fifty percent retain. That's what two and a half, two and a half million in that neighborhood. Just under that, yeah. yeah. It's well, a big, it's a big hit. Well, yeah. Anthony, I appreciate you coming on with us this uh, Saturday morning. Uh, where can we find all of your work? Yeah, uh, you can find us at expectedbuffalo.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at xbuffaloanth, A-N-T-H. And our Twitter page is at expectedbuffalo. Pretty straightforward. And then, obviously, we have the Expected Buffalo podcast, uh, which is at xbuffalopod. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I, I love chatting with you, and I think it's the first time I've had the both of you uh, at the same time on, on Sports Talk Saturday, so that's exciting. It's the first it's time we're together, I'm pretty sure, too. So, oh, well, so there yeah, you go. really, that the inaugural Frank and TJ show right here. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, Anthony. Uh, you have a good rest of your Saturday, and uh, you know, stay healthy. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Happy holidays, boys. Go Bills. Go Savers. Go Bills. Go Savers.
All right, that was Anthony from Expected Buffalo here. We are very late to the break again. I'm, I swear it's not Howard Simon here. It's TJ Luckman. I've just, you know, learned a lot from Howard, so I'm late <laughs> to the break. It's, it's just how it goes. Uh, again, this is Sports Talk Saturday. He's Frank. I'm TJ. WGR Sports Radio 550. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. We've got a caller here. Ken from North Tonawanda, you've been hanging out for some time, so let's get to you. Ken, what do you want to say? Hey, TJ. Guys, it's good to talk to you. Been, uh, yeah. Hearing you for a while. Um, the grievance, because today is the day, and my aluminum pole is up. That's right. I'm ready for feats of strength. So my harvest grievance is the power play and the fact that you have Victor Olsen on his team. And what's the, been the biggest knock on Victor? One trait pony scores power play goals. Where is he? He's on the second power play, never gets the puck. Uh, the smart thing to do would be have him on top, opposite page. They both have one-timers, but for some reason, Matt Ellis, the power play genius, he can't do it. And I've had enough! It's fastness! He has a lot of problems with this team. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Uh, Rick. Ken. Ken. Thank you, Ken. Ken. That was, um, that's good. Um, I have a grievance with the power play for sure. Absolutely. Um, I think we all do. The power play has been awful. Easily their worst, uh, one of their worst metrics this year, and their penalty kill has been one of their best. So that's you know that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, on the power play though, they're. Are they, you know, what are they? They're they're 26 in the league. Yeah, they're 26 in the league. Their shooting percentage on the power play is just about as good as their shooting percentage 5v5, which is (laughs) not great seeing as you should have more open spots. I don't know if I want Olofsson on the first power play. I don't, I've never liked the power play of just find Olofsson or Tage and make them crack a slap shot. I know what kind of shots they have, but I feel like at this point, a big reason why their power play has stalled out is because everybody knows that's what it is. It's way too much of a one-trick pony Very as much as Victor. that's what Victor Olofsson is. And, yeah, they they don't try to do anything else except enter the zone with speed yeah. and then get set up with Dolly and her power at, at the at the point and then find Tager Olofsson for one-timers, and then right. that's it. They don't do anything else. I can't really justify. They've done Victor Olipson on the first power play unit yeah. before, mm-hmm. and it once and it just has not worked. Yeah. So I don't know if it's Matt Ellis who runs the power play. I don't know if it's Wilford who runs runs it. It doesn't matter. They've got to if they're gonna change the way they set up offensively at five v five. They got to do the same thing on the power play. I mean, if if anything, they five v five wasn't the problem. The, the, a big reason why they're not. Uh, higher in the standings because they could not get their power play going in the, in the beginning of the year. 
There, there's uh, okay. The only reason there's so many reasons why they're not higher in the standings this year. One of the biggest reasons is because that they haven't been able to get their power play going. Their special oh, teams yeah, yeah. flipped. Their penalty kill started the year. Hot. They 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 couldn't allow a goal down a man, but when they could also couldn't score a goal up a man. Um, so it's been frustrating to say the least. Like I said, I don't know if putting Olafson in the first unit is the answer there, especially since that style of power play has not worked for them. Uh, maybe the point of having two shooters, one on each side, can give you more of an element. But I think, and especially in the last like five or six games, they've done a lot better five or six games. Maybe the last month or so, especially when Tage Thompson went out and they lost that shot element of the power mm-hmm. play. They've been done a lot better moving the puck around and finding the open spaces in the zone. So I want to say that maybe they're understanding or, or learning better ways to open up plays on the power play to move around rather than I feel like on the Tage shot power play, they're all just kind of standing around. There's really only two movers on it. Anyway, uh, got to get to a quick break here because of who I am as a person. I've been late to every single break so far, so we're going to get you to another break here. Uh, Frank and I will be right back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. 